There is a continent. It is large, beautiful, and full of life of all sorts. The northern parts are rocky and cold, full of cliffs and crags, inventors and scholars. The southern parts are humid and hot, full of forests and rivers, magic and rulers. On this continent there was a kingdom, and in this kingdom, a king. King Leander, a half-elf, who thought himself to be a god. Ruler of Codicy, his kingdom stretching over what is now known as Sarenwood and the Freelands and their surrounding townships, and into territories that now belong to Angstar and Shabardaeth. King Leander declared the only deity to be worshipped was to be him, the only religion to be his. The other faiths, of Ion being the largest and the slave faith of Coraline, suffered as a result. Those who opposed Leander were struck down and silenced. Those who worshipped the old gods were punished, a lot of times put to death. After 100 years of King Leander's rule and crushing tithes, the people were hungry, struggling, and dying. They banded together to overthrow the god King Leander, believing him not to be immortal, for a true deity would not allow his people to suffer as they have. The Fae slaves of Cardassy found this to be their chance to win their freedom, by joining with those who rebel and those from Angstar and Shepherdaeth. The war was fought for fifty years, the knights of Ion and Corlon finally able to break through Cardassy and overthrow the King Leander. His death was made to be a public spectacle, to prove he is not a god, and he was beheaded in the town center. A statue was erected on the spot, bronze and large, of a shamed Leander, cradling his severed head. The Treaty of Five was forged, including the Freelands, allowing them to remain untouched, and for the Fae to have their own kingdom, which was later named Sarenwood. Each kingdom, Cardassy, Angstar, Shabardaeth, and Sarenwood, agreed to allow the others to govern how they saw fit, to worship as they wanted, and to be at peace. Three hundred years have passed since the treaty was penned. Three hundred years of peace. Each kingdom has flourished, the gods have been kind, and the people as a whole are able to be completely happy. We begin our story in the city of Sarenwood, the seat of power for the kingdom of the same name. In this lively city of magic and fae, there is a mercenary guild called Killerwary Keep, run by a strong leader named Morgan Killerwary. Morgan is a human. She stands at five foot ten. Her back is stock straight from years of discipline and training. She's armored in what looks to be leather and chainmail, with a sheath attached to her belt on her hip, holding a very large sword. Her hair is a light chestnut brown and cut into a longer bob. She has gathered six mercenaries of the guild for a job that just came in from Mosscliff, a nearby village in South Source Highlands. She looks over those gathered and sees... We'll start with Koof. I'm Jernome Childress. Well, you're, you're Koof playing. <laughs> no, I'm Jernome. Okay. This is role play. <laughs> He has become your gnome. Um, he is Let's gnome see. now. Gnome cleric. Real badass. Mm. <laughs> uh, looks like exactly like a garden gnome. So rosy cheeks, nice beard, blue king's crown, kind of. Yeah, he's a little cute. He's a cute little guy. He's three and a half feet tall. He's 80 years old, 45 pounds. So very small, very agile. Very adorable. He to heal people. Yes. Okay, the Malik. Oh, hey, it, it's me. I, I'm Malik. I'm playing Lorik, the water genasi. He is very tall and muscular, and he's got dark blue skin with turquoise colored eyes and jet black hair. And he's wearing some chain mail and metal, metal gauntlets and stuff. And, oh, yeah, and I'm, a, and I'm a fighter. Next up, we have Mash. It's me, I'm Mash. I am playing EO which is short for Eosera Avelanon. I'm an elven wizard. I'm pretty tall. I'm very thin. I'm sort of awkward looking. I have long, uh, kind of like white blonde hair. Uh, I'm very pale because I never go outside. I have blue eyes with kind of flecks of gold in them. 
And mostly I'm just wearing like kind of normal peasant clothes. And I have a spell book that just hangs from my hips all the time. And I read it a lot. And that's me. Next up, we have PB. Hi, I'm PB. And I'm playing Cord. He's uh, just shy of six feet, a muscular human male, eyes that are blue and green, several scars crisscrossed against his face, in particular one that looks like a bear has just mauled him from like his just above his ear all the way down to his eye. Short hair that's shaven, particularly at the sides. Beard, he's dirty, including his clothing and his face, and um, he's a ranger, incredibly muscular build, leather armor over some bits of kind of normal civilian clothing and a hooded cloak that he's currently got the hood up. Uh, he carries a few knives and a bow and arrow. Well, a bunch of arrows, not just one. Next up, we have Russ. Hi, I'm Russ. And I play Barlow Adasol. Barlow, he's pretty tall and stout. He could almost be mistaken as a halfling if it wasn't for his finely combed platinum beard that went all the way down his midsection. He's um, not entirely old, as many dwarves can be. He's actually fairly young. He doesn't have many wrinkles, if any at all. Uh, he stands at about 4'4", and uh, his whole body is draped in uh, bichromatic red leather. Like, it's darker on the inside and then lighter on the outside. But underneath his red coat, you can see a frilly white, like, dress shirt. Um, on his head, he's got a uh, tricorder hat. The The brim is pretty long, and he's got a white feather sticking out the top. Um, slung around his shoulder, he has a satchel, and on his back is a lute. He also has a short sword and a dagger on opposite sides of his belt. And then last but not least, we have Snake. Yes, hello. I am playing Rody Linholt, a, a male human fighter. Uh, he's about six feet two, uh, fairly lean. He wears mostly baggy and dark clothing, often tattered. Uh, caps it all off with a gray leather duster that has been repaired or patched numerous times in various places. He has fairly uh, fairly tan skin, black, medium-cropped hair with a long braid going down to about his mid-back. Two fighters? Gee, Billy. Yeah, two fighters. We're gonna fight oh, so wow. many Your people. Oh, wow, your mom let you have two fighters? <laughs> the DM let you guys have two fighters. Blessed GM. Uh, I would also like to amend that my hair flows as if it were underwater at all times. I forgot to mention that aspect. Like, even if, like, gravity's, like, not affecting it? Uh, that I don't know about. I guess that'll be up to Angel if we ever come into a situation where oh, there's no gravity in play. I have decisions. Oh, I'm saying, like, I thought, is your hair, like, floating, or is it, like, just... Like, wet just, looking? Know, really silky smooth? It, like, floats around as if it were in the water. Yeah, as okay. As if I was, like, oh. walking underwater. As if he was it's underwater. It's like that villain in the new Pirates of the Caribbean film. Real original. So one original, Malik. There's a new one. They it's are making out, a new yeah. one. There's always a new one. Where did we just step into? Where, where are you right now? You yeah. are in the Mercenary Guild, and sh- Morgan Killer Wary is standing in front of you, and she is briefing you on your mission. She claps her hands and says, okay, okay, attention. Now, this next job should be a simple one. Moss Cliff wants to open up a mine nearby the village. Uh, they need a cave emptied out so they can start on that. Seems like there may be a kobold problem there. Um, it shouldn't be a big issue for you guys. So I would like you all to bring my son, Radcliffe. And out steps a small cat folk um, from the hall. He moves slow and he looks really scared. And he's dressed in black leather armor. Has two daggers hanging off of his belt. His eyes are wide and bright green. And his face and fur resemble... A gray and brown striped American short haircut. Uh, he waves sheepishly at you guys and sits amongst you on a stool. Excuse me, miss. Yes, you, the gnome. Uh, you know, does he have any experience with this stuff? He doesn't, but it shouldn't be an issue. It's just a cobalt problem in a cave. You guys can handle that. He just needs someone. Well... He needs a little bit of Here's training. Here's the thing. I'm I'm the cleric. Right. You know, I'm in charge of taking care of the stuff. 
when it goes wrong, and I don't know if I want him here. Well, actually, I'm in charge, and I need him to get some experience. And this... Wonderful. We'll see how much he gets after he's dead. He won't die. It's just some kobolds. And I need you to be quiet. It's our job to protect them, you idiot. Yes, exactly. Okay, water boy. Barlow raises his hand. Uh, Barlow? Um, this is this is actually my uh, first day. Is that going to be okay? Yes, that's fine. You stated that you had oh, okay. some experience adventuring, right? Aren't you fucking mm, yes, amateurs? Quite. Mm-hmm. I raised my hand too. Uh, Eo. Yes, this is also my first day. Right, but I think you guys can handle a little cobalt problem, right? Oh, definitely, no problem. Uh, just how many are we talking here? Well. From what I heard, there might be three or four of them. Nothing too extreme. Place. Child's play. Yeah, exactly. It's just a simple clearing out a small cave that they want to begin the mine in by Mosscliff. It's easy for you lot. Don't worry about it. So Radcliffe will come with you. You said two or three? Like three or four. Well, maybe I'll stay back. Get comfy in my chair. You can stay back if you'd like, but you won't be getting paid for it then. And there is a bonus, because Radcliffe will be going with you. It will be 50 gold instead of 30. <gasps> okay. Gold uh, his head. Quick question. So many questions from you. I don't think I've met mercenaries with so many questions before. Uh, what is a kobold? It is a small lizard-like creature. I pull out a notebook and I start scribbling notes in it. Can I make a roll to see if I know what kobolds are? You absolutely are? can. Um, history, I guess? Yeah. I guess it would be history. Or is that insight? I don't know. Let's say... No, what about nature? Yes, let's say nature. Nature? Yeah, okay. nature. I rolled an eight. Uh... You're not quite sure, but, you know, small lizard creature sounds about right. Yeah, they're kind of like goblins. This shouldn't be a problem. It'll be like taking on a few children. Do that often, do you? Take on children, I mean. Yeah, if it's warranted. And the pay's good. Great, he's one of those. You fight- Jeez, what am I getting myself into? You fight children? Radcliffe looks really nervous while you guys are talking about killing children. (laughs) How old is he? I lean into the table and turn towards the boss and just look at her expectantly rather than answer the question. Radcliffe is about 12, I'd say. Oh, he's pretty young and he's really nervous. Uh, he shifts around in the she- seat a little bit as you guys talk about killing kids. and like, You know they're talking about you, right? M- me? Yeah, you. They kill people like you. We're not killing what? him. It's our job to not do that. And then he turns towards Morgan and says, Mom, do I really have to go? And she goes, yes, it's time for you to experience what it's like to be a mercenary. Because you are going to be taking over Killaroy Keep one day. And 12 is plenty old to begin learning about it. Wait, he's 12. He is 12. Kind of parent are you? The best kind. The kind that gives their kids a chance at... Learning and being brave. And being killed. He won't be That's what I killed. said. And that's why he's going with us to learn the business. It's just some yeah. kobolds. You guys will do great. And Moskvith isn't deal. that far away. It'll be like a three-day ride or so. Kid, you ever seen anything die? M- me? Yeah. No, I've never then seen that's anything that's your job die. today. What? You will learn that. You will not do any of it. He just doesn't say anything, and he just looks really scared, and he kind of sits on his paws a little bit, and just is quiet, and is looking at you intently, Cord. His paws? Yeah. He's a cat cat folk. folk. Oh, he's a cat boy. Yeah. (laughs) Just, Just to be clear, Morgan is also a cat folk, right? No, she is human. So, uh... Just, uh, how are you two, you know, 
related? Well, I adopted him. Someone left him outside in the market. And like a stray. Got it. Well, he is my son and I love him dearly. I love you. You fed guys. him once and he followed you home. Got it. He was a he was just a kitten. You know, maybe he isn't into this fighting thing and you're just kind of forcing him into this nonsense. Lesson. He wants to fight. Don't you, Radcliffe? Well, maybe you should listen to him instead of pushing him to do this. Not everyone gets to choose whether they get to fight or not. It's a useful skill to have even at his age. Exactly. This will be an easy task for you, and he will be fine. He won't be in your way at all. He just needs some experience with it. Kid, you'll just stay at the back and just watch. He puts his ears back, and he nods. Wait, no. He's going to get in there, because that's the whole point of this. He's not just going to watch. We're going to make him kill one of them. Well, don't force him into anything. Just... Let him gain the experience. Well, you're the one forcing him into the whole situation. I'm just sending him If you want to endanger the group and make sure that one of them gets left for him, then fine. I'm going to be shooting to kill. I don't see why all of you don't see this as just an escorted hunt. That's what it really is. Exactly, Barlow. It's pain in my ass is what it is. If you have such a moral problem with it, stay behind. You're being paid. More More gold for us. Exactly. I'll look at the kid and I'll say... Don't worry, kid. I've been killing since I was six years old. I'll make sure you know how. I pull out my loot, and I go... His ears perk up, and he looks at you, Lorik, and says, Really? Six? Well, that's what they tell me, so that's uh, that's what I say to other people. You don't even know for sure? Can I roll a nature roll on uh, Water Genasis? For what reason? I want to work out whether, like, six years old is, like, an adult Genasis, or whether that's, like, whether their, like, age range is different to ours, and, like, maturity rate and whatever. Sure. Nine. I guess I don't know. Uh, you're not quite sure if that's, like, mature or not. It probably, you just kind of assume it's, like, you're all, like, how humans mature, and that's pretty young. Yeah, okay. Does he look six, though? No, he's he's an adult, right? Yes, I am an adult, not six years old. He's saying he's oh, been yeah. killing since he's six. I was just oh, wondering if it were, like, a genocide. Got it. Like, an I adult. thought he was saying he was six years old. No. People were just telling him that. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I was just wondering whether genocides were, like, an adult by the time they were six, if their, like, lifespan was super short or something. Gotcha. So. He's been killing for one year. <laughs> and he's <laughs> exactly. seven now. Okay. She says, all right, all right, that's enough. Everyone, calm down. Uh, do what you need to do tonight. And rest well, because you will be leaving early in the morning, uh, let's say about an hour or so after dawn. The trip will take you three days, like I said, and we'll see you back here in about a week. And with that, she turns from the room and leaves you alone with Radcliffe. Um, what is, do we know the layout of this guild? Yeah, the guild is consisting of basically what you're in now is a meeting room. If you left that room, it would lead out into a foyer and kind of like the entryway where it has stairs that go up and upstairs there are rooms like all over, like, like a hotel pretty much. Cause this is a keep you guys stay here. All the mercenaries stay here when they're in town and belong. If you belong to the guild, you have a, you have a room there pretty much. Um, there is a, a kitchen and a cafeteria uh, downstairs. What about a bar? There is not a bar. Not in the keep. There's no bar? You'd, what is this outrage? You would just have to go out to the city. Is there a commons room or would that be like the cafeteria? That would be the cafeteria. That's where I had to see you. When does this start, this mission that we're going on? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, Tomorrow morning. Oh, Pay attention. Tomorrow. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to head outside and just uh, make sure that my bow is in good condition. Like tighten the strings and whatever. We are we splitting on the party right off the bat? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's what time is it? It's bedtime. It's like early afternoon. Ugh. So you still have time. I'm gonna go to the cafeteria and get foods. Okay. Anyone else going to the cafeteria, or is it just Barlow and Jerome? Yeah, I'll follow soon. I'm practicing my skills. Barlow. I'll follow them to the cafeteria. Okay. Jernome. Now. Being in Serenwood, you would also know that there are places, like, in the cafeteria, yeah, they do have food there. 
Um, right now there isn't a cook there, so it's pretty empty. Um, there might be a couple mercenaries sitting to themselves in the corner or something, maybe chatting. Um, but you do know that in the city, there is a bar called the two spot Inn that has food that you can purchase and drinks and all kinds of stuff. So if you were looking for something like that, you could leave the keep. But Radcliffe is just kind of following you around. Who's he following? Right. He's with us, right? Um, let's say he's sticking closer to Lorik. Wow, he doesn't want to hang out with me after I Absolutely not. the children. <laughs> he's he he looks over at you nervously every now and then and kind of just glances at you and his ears are are slightly back a little bit because he's he's just nervous about everything. Just to get a feel for what kind of place this is, what are the requirements for joining this guild, if any? Um, basically an interview process where they talk to you about like prior experiences, what you want to get out of the guild. Um, they just kind of have a feel for you. It's, it's basically just an interview and then they accept you and give you a trial base. So if after the first mission, it doesn't work out, you would be asked to leave to leave the guild. How many of you is this your like first mission in the guild? Cause we never actually discussed that. It's my first time. Okay. It's my first time. Okay. We'll say I've done a few just because I was given two to the others. Or is that what just your gnome says? That doesn't, yeah, that's basically what he would say anyway, so. Okay, so you've done a couple. I'm a new. You're new? Uh, Rody would have done a handful so far. Okay. Um, If we have done a few so far, does that mean that we have to have worked with each other before? Nope. There are other mercenaries. Okay. Sometimes even like there are soul missions where it's just like someone needed a bodyguard or something that you would go fulfill. So a mission is just anything that you were assigned to. It doesn't necessarily have to be just your group. Okay. So I've been working here for maybe like a month, but uh, I've never worked with uh, Genome. Or, right. Um, you might have seen him around, but you didn't know who he is. Yeah, maybe seen him around, but like this is my first time properly talking to him or anything. Right. Also, I don't think we established money, and I want to just say, like, everyone gets 250 gold right off the bat. Wow. Okay, oh. I have, um, as part of my background, I got a pouch of 10 gold. Should I nix that? No, you can add it. Sure. 260 for you. That's fine. If you have... Can I keep just 10 gold instead, instead of 250? You want just 10 gold? For, yeah, for background character. Uh, if you want to take less gold, you are entitled to. But I'm just saying that you can have 250 at the most as a starting. Unless you have background stuff, you can add that on there. So are you all just staying in the cafeteria? Yes. Mm -hmm. Barlow puts his hat out and starts performing a song. Roll me a performance check. I got a 10 total. It's a mediocre song. It's not your best work. People aren't like covering their ears or anything, but I mean, it's fine. So are you just going to stay at the keep the entire night? I guess... I will go stroll around. You don't have to. What would your gnome like to do? Basically, I'm going to exit the guild and just kind of skip. You're skipping? That's your gnome. That's what he does. Oh, he skips her no. gnome. Before you leave the room, Radcliffe goes, wait, are you going to the market? Indeed, Rooney. Can I come w- with you, sir? Yes, you may. Lor- but you gotta Lor- keep up. Do you want to go to the market, too? And I dash out. Jeez. He runs after you. Uh, I I'm run skipping. after them. Skip after them. <laughs> tempting, tempting to mimic what Jernome is doing. You're skipping out of the building? That's Jernome. Okay, well, stepping out from the wooden building of the Killer Warrior Keep, you are right along a road that separates some of the businesses from the circular park in the middle of Serenwood that holds Farron Market. Um, the roads are cobblestone, and they're lit by posts holding lanterns that seem to be containing magical fairy lights that glow pink, purple, and gold. For the record, when a kid runs out of the door, I'm, like, leant against the wall next to the door, tightening my bowstring and looking menacing. Well, he darted right past you real fast. I gave him the evils. So, out... Along the streets, you can see in the middle of the city is the Farron Market, that circular big park area, and there's tents and carts and all kinds of things filling that area. There's also uh, the Two Spot Inn. You see the Eclipse Theater. You see 
a bakery called Hot Buns Bakery. You see the government center um, that consists of the Grand Vizier's Manor, a town hall, courthouse, kind of just all the government workings is at the far back of the city. It's very big and kind of looms over everything. Um, there's a bar kind of tucked behind Hot Buns Bakery called Trog Place. Trog Place is a bar that's frequented by ogres and orcs. Mm. So not a place that everyone goes to. It's more of a like seedier hmm. bar there. Wow, that's While orcish. I'm skipping. <laughs> it is orcish. While oh, no. I'm, skipping around town. You also see uh, one, sorry, one other thing. Willem's Herbery and Apothecary near the market. Okay. So where would you like to go? Um, are there any, like, flowers in the road? Like, by the side of the road while I'm skipping? Um, closer to the fair and market, there would be, like, plants and flowers and trees and stuff. Yeah, because that is a park. Well, I'd like to pick them while I'm skipping by. Okay. <laughs> you pick them. I'm just kind of holding... So you have, like, a bouquet you know, of wildflowers? A tiny bouquet of wildflowers, yeah. And, like, skipping through the market, I'll stick it in people's hair. So you went into the market? Yep, into the market. Okay, Ragleth is following you. Are you going with Lorik? Uh, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on the kid. Okay, so you're in the market, and you see tents and carts, and the air smells of rosemary and mint and lavender, and the sounds of voices and bartering, laughing, arguing are heard all around you. Uh, the notable tents that you see are a tall but thinner, deep maroon-colored tent. It stands off to the side with a sign out in front of it. And glowing gold script with the words, Madame Zephra's Fortunes, on it. You see a wooden, nicely crafted puppet stage towards the center of the market. The wood looks thick and is finely carved with inlaid vines and leaves. The curtains look to be a very thick red fabric and are currently closed. And there is a gnome wearing a purple jester outfit standing next to the stage with a trumpet. There are scattered guards around the marketplace. Uh, an ogre guard kind of towering over everyone is standing out the most. And there is also some scattered carts for carrying fruits, vegetables, different foods, lanterns, other assorted goods. A card stands out to you that um, have, has a sign that says Miss Belladonna's Magical Goods and another one that says uh, Gregory's Little Buddies. You said the... The jester, is he on stage? He is standing next to the puppet stage. It's like, have you ever seen those, like, really old, like, wooden puppet stages that, like, have wood around the bottom and then, like, curtains in the middle? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And he's standing next to it in a purple jester outfit with a little trumpet. I'd like to kind of bump into him and then grab the trumpet with one hand and pull it over to my mouth and just blow into it. Jeez. <laughs> Blow into his trumpet. Um, you're going to have to make uh, a, a strength check, but I'll give you advantage because you're surprising him. Okay. Nice roll. <laughs> Thanks. Twelve. Okay, you actually won. Hey. So you blow into his trumpet and he goes, Hey! Who do you think you are? Uh, I don't even try to make it sound good. I'm just going to do it because I'm jolly. And he pulls back to try to take it back from you. Then I stick a flower in the trumpet. I need this later. Please don't mess with my equipment. I don't even like acknowledge that he's saying anything in me as I stick the flower in and just skip off. He like looks after you and just shakes the flower out of the trumpet, looking very confused. Time for ale. So do you want to just head to like the two spot inn, or do you want to go to Trog Place? I want to go to the place with the works. Trog Place. Yes. Jeez. Um, you go up to the front of Trog Place, and Radcliffe stops dead in his tracks, and he goes, "Sir, I, I don't, I don't think we should be going in there. That's that 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 one's kind of scary." Um, is Lorik behind us? I mean, I'd just be following the kid around for a bit. So yes. So if I've caught up with him, then yeah, I'm with him. I just say, Lorik will protect you. I don't, I don't want to go into Trog Place. Then don't come, and then I open the doors. And you find that they are locked because it's mid-afternoon and they're not open yet. (laughs) I turn around and, like, posture up. I don't want to go in there anyway. Oh, good. I mean, if you want to go to the bar, we could just go to Two Spot Inn. It's the best for you. We will not go in there because there are bad people in there. And then I skip to the Two Spot Inn. Thank you. Yep. So you guys go to the Two Spot Inn. It's a wooden building. 
on the outside with wooden, but a black painted sign with the symbol of a white hand with two black spots painted on the back of the hand. But the inside is very cozy. There are wooden tables and chairs scattered about. There's a fireplace with a lounge-type area off to one side of the room with big plush chairs encircling a fireplace and a small stage against a wall nearby with a very nervous-looking lute player shakily playing a tune on it. Uh, there's a bar directly across from the entrance. What would you like to do? Uh, go right to the bar. Okay. There's no one at the bar for a minute. Um, Radcliffe comes up next to you and sits at on a stool at the bar too and then a ghost comes through the wall and she is kind of a very pale blue and translucent there's like a mist kind of around her and her head is sharply turned to the side like she broke it oh no (laughs) and it lays against her shoulder um her hair is kind of flowing around her just like Lorik's hair does and she says, Hi, I'm Alice. What can I get you guys? Two ales, please. Two ales. And for you, sir? She turns to you, Lorik. Uh, just the one ale, please. One ale. And you, little cat boy? I've already made his purchase. Oh. Oh, I assumed it was, he was taking two. My, I apologize. Wait, who's ordering uh, what? I'm not ordering anything for the guy with the hair, okay? I'm ordering from my friend here, the cat. Oh, okay. That sounds great. And she disappears through the wall again. And after a few minutes, she comes back carrying kind of translucent mugs and sets them down in front of you. They are clearly not something you can drink out of because you could pass right through them. And inside it looks like a filthy brew is in there. Here you go. And she floats away. Uh, Would like to grab it. Grab the ghost beer. And your hand goes right through it. And then it disappears. And I just kind of say, great. A woman comes out from the back and she's very pregnant. And she is a human. She introduces herself. She says, Hi, Margaret. I'm sorry. I I was doing something in the back. Did you just meet Alice? Yep. The ghost? Yeah. She... She worked here before, but uh, she had an accident going down into the cellar. Yeah, she broke her neck. Yeah. It was pretty easy to tell. Skip the sob story. I just want two ales, please. Sure. We also have... um, We have a sale going on right now for Grab of Whimsy. If you would like to what try some of that. Well, it's a very special brew. It is kind of expensive, considering ale is only a silver. It's five gold, but it can it can do magical things to you. People say it's amazing. If you would like to try it. Uh, I stand up and continue looking for the ghost beer under my chair. You do not see it? Dude, the beer's gone. It was a ghost. How did that beer die? <laughs> you know... It's not like I paid for it anyway, so I don't really care. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. She she manifests, like, illusions. They're not real. She just is trying to help, I guess. She means well. So we'll take two regular ales, please. Me and my friend here and point towards Catboy. How old are you? And he um, puts his ears for it a little bit, and he goes, I'm 12. Okay, I think you're a little too young for ale. He, well, I'm buying two ales, and he's not purchasing any ale. Okay, and what would you like? And he goes, well, some milk, if you have any. And she goes, well, we can do that for you. And you? She says to you, Lorik. I look up from under the chair, and uh, I say, could you please help me find my ale? <laughs> yes. I can get you ale. The ale that you got before was from Alice. She's she's dead, and she still thinks <laughs> that she works here. So she brought you an illusion. Yeah, no, I heard that part. I, I think I got all that, but uh, the beer's still not here. You're right. Do you want some ale, or do you want some grog? Well, I mean, I just had an ale, but... It wasn't real. I'm sorry. Alice confuses oh. people. Did you want a real one? 
I look into the distance for a while. I'll come back to you then. And she disappears. After she's left, I say yes. <laughs> she disappeared to the back, and she's getting two ales and a milk, yes. and she comes out with a tray with the two ales and the milk on it, and sets down the two ales in front of Eudronome, and sets down the milk in front of Radcliffe, who starts sipping at it, and says, did you make up your mind? Yes. Yes, I did. What would you want? The the ale or the grog? Would you like some food? Uh, tell me about this grog again. Well, it's called Grog of Whimsy, and it's very special. We had it imported. Yeah, yes. Yes? Uh, yes. Okay, I'll go get that for you. And she disappears to the back and comes back out with a big mug full of glowing blue grog. And she sets it down in front of you and says, enjoy, and walks away. Mm-hmm. Do you drink it? Uh, yes. Yes, I would I'd take many drinks. Okay, well, roll three d10s and tell me what numbers you get. Three, D ten, three d10s? Yep. You heard the woman. Three, what, what, what? It's not damage. Just roll three d10s. <laughs> you died. You don't know what it is. You died. You become Alice. Um, I rolled a six, a nine, and an eight. You rolled oh, a no, s- she has You rolled a six, a nine, and an eight? Yeah, the, yeah, six, nine, eight. You disappear. Oh, And okay. in your place, there is a paper map of Sarenwood, and it has an X in the Fairrun Market. That's it. That's all that's left in your spot. He just Can I keep drinking? You're gone. <laughs> Can I keep drinking? No, because there's nothing. You don't know where you are. You're in a closed-in space. You don't know where you are. You can't get out. You're just, you're stuck there. But oh, what's left? Seems like a bit of a pickle. What's left in your spot is a paper map of Sarenwood with an X somewhere in the Fairwood Market. Do you do anything with this genome? Um, I just kind of look over and see that he's disappeared and start drinking my ale. Well, Radcliffe looks over and picks up the map, starts looking at it, and then we're gonna go back to the Killer Riley Keep, where you guys are in the Commons room. What are you guys doing? Hi guys, it's me, Angel, the DM and uh, executive producer of this podcast, which I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I kind of, I know that like the quality of this one is not up to exactly what I wanted it to be, but it is my first time, so be a little forgiving. I am learning, but I am, I'm not going to give up or anything. Like, we kind of recorded the first one not the best way, so I'm hoping with our next session, it'll go a lot smoother. I think our first session is going to be two, well, not, I think, I'm, I'm positive, the first session is going to be two different episodes, but after that, it should be a lot easier. Um, until I get the hang of editing and doing all this stuff, uh, we'll say that the episodes will probably be out every two weeks from, you know, two weeks from when I release this one, which I'm going to shoot for April 28th, and then we'll do every two weeks after that. As far as, like, us as a group goes, this is my first time DMing, but we have played a lot of tabletop RPGs together. We all have varying years of experience in tabletop RPGs and D&D, and like some of the people that are playing are dungeon masters of their, their own. Like Snake, PB, and Malik have all dungeon mastered before, so we do have experience in the game. But as far as me as a DM goes, I'm going to be pretty loosey-goosey. You know, I'm not going to be super strict on the rules or... Uh, follow, you know, the basic D&D world to a T. It's definitely, I've pulled experience, well, not experience, I've pulled inspiration from books I love, movies I love, things like that. So it's not going to be completely canon to the world at all times, and plus some of the rules I might bend or break. Because we're here to have fun, and I want to make a good story for everyone. I want to make a good story for my players. I want to make a good story for you guys, the listeners, and I hope that you enjoy it. It will only get better, I promise. Uh, I just need a little bit of experience. But I hope that you love what we've put out so far and what will come soon. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys so, so much. You guys are great. 
and I appreciate you taking the time to check out Treaty of Five. So with that, we'll kick it back in to the game and see what our party of six really is up to. After my performance, I checked my hat. Did I get any tips? You got zero tips because there was like two people in there yep. <laughs> talking to themselves. As you uh, finish up, Rody will approach and flop down next to you. Hey, that was good. <laughs> oh, oh I, uh, thank you. Here, have a drink on me. I have a brewer. I have a uh, brewer supplies. So you have like some brews that you've made? I do, but I haven't rolled for their uh their quality yet okay roll for their quality then uh, how many times should i roll um let's say i i'm not sure how how do the brewer supplies work are they like they it, they function like artisan tools so however that works i don't know if i have to re i guess i would have to replenish my stock at some point yeah let's say that you have enough for five mini kegs i guess and we'll say a mini keg holds a party's worth of drinks so six all right so i guess if you're rolling you're rolling for the one keg that you have made maybe yeah i rolled a 17 oh so it's it's excellent i measure out a um i pull out a small cup and measure out a portion slam it on the table and then mm. pour one for myself I take hold of the cup and i take Take a sniff, and then I gulp it down. Well. <sighs> oh, that's some strong stuff you got there. Yeah. Made it myself. He takes a drink. Oh? What did you, um, what did you happen to use for this? Uh, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Oh, that's, that's a bit concerning, but, hmm, for... You're human, right? Well, the, for humans, this is, this is quite good. I'll, uh, I'll take that as a compliment, I guess. Well, you know us dwarves, we know our brew. <laughs> he raises the glass a bit, takes another drink. I drink when he drinks. So how long have you been on that thing? Oh, this loot here? Um, I'd say probably a good 30, 35 days now. Left on a journey with it, and then I ended up here. I, I meant, how long have you been playing? Oh, that—that's what—that's what I'm saying. So you about a month. You, oh, I see. Well, not, not bad. Oh, why? Thanks. I've had a lot of free time to practice. Don't get out on many jobs, huh? Mm, not lately, but um, I've kind of been having to now. Got to sustain wealth somehow, you know. Yeah. A bard's got to eat. Well, you said it's about uh, mid-afternoon. Yes. It's not quite early to pay for drinks yet, but I'm going to head up to my my quarters, grab my stuff, and when I get back, I'm going to go to, uh, was it Two-Spot? Yep, Two-Spot. That's pretty much like, you guys would know being in the city at least, that's like the main bar that people go to. going to head to the Two-Spot, and by the time I get there, it will be time to pay for drinks. You in? Mm. Oh, definitely. Maybe I can, uh, show people my skills and earn myself a bit of more coin. He downs the rest of his drink, throws everything back in his bag. I'm gonna re-enter the cafeteria area now. You guys seen Kilowary around? Uh, I look around. Do I see her anywhere? Nope, she is not in the cafeteria. Barlow shrugs. Yeah, I don't think she likes to hang out with us common folk. <sighs> I need to talk to her about my pay. What's oh? wrong with it? I want it in silver. Something wrong with gold? Cord smirks and just says, gold doesn't kill werewolves. Oh, are you uh, some sort of hunter then? Yeah, this is, uh, this is temporary. I say gesturing around. As a little backstory for werewolves, they are pretty common. Um, if there are werewolf hunters, it would be like hunting rogue werewolves. 
and not like every werewolf kind of thing. Just so people know that like I only hunt the ones that go around coming. murdering people. Yeah. Did you did you say werewolves? Yeah. You hunt them? Not professionally. Yet. Huh. So recreationally. Yeah. Cool of the passion. Or cooling. Uh huh. How odd. Sounds like quite a story there. Care to share? I pull out my quill and pen. You're a writer? I'm a, I'm a bard. I like to recall stories for those all around. People love stories. People love entertainment. <sighs> Maybe you've had a few drinks of me. Oh, well, isn't that just convenient? We're heading to the uh, two spot in just, uh, just a few moments. I'll grab my gear. Brody claps. Cord walks to wherever, like the barracks area would be. Um, there are rooms on the up the upper level of the keep. Um, since you guys are staying at the keep right now, you would have claimed one, and you have like your trunk and stuff in there. There is a trunk for you to use. It's not yours, but like there's a trunk for you to use yeah. that you put your things into and whatnot. Um, it's pretty much just like for the mercenaries that are in town. If you belong to the keep, you have a room there, so you would have claimed a room upstairs. Okay, I head up there and, uh, yeah, grab my gear. Is there a a policy for, like, overbooking? Like, if there's more than enough, or if there are more mercenaries than there are rooms, what happens? Um, that, that doesn't usually happen, but if that were to happen, she would probably pay for, like, a room at the inn for whoever's overbooked. At the Trog spot, of course. <laughs> at two spot. <laughs> Trog place. <laughs> Yeah, it's track place. Yeah, sorry, you have to stay at the shittiest place in town. Book early. Yep. Okay, so are you guys just gathering at the in like the entryway, the for the foyer? Yep. And then yeah, I come out? down after like maybe ten minutes. Now I've got a, I've like debowed. I just have my knives and flails on me. Um. Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. Contrarily. Uh. Rody has, he's armored up. He wasn't previously armored. He's got on his leathers and he has his sword on his back now. Okay. Expecting so, trouble. So serious for just going to the bar. Hey, you never know. Well, I never leave home unarmed, but you look ready to, well, start a war. Hey, the ladies, they dig the whole mercenary thing. That is true. They love a, they love a man in uniform. Cord looks, kind of, somewhat confused. Well, uh, shall we? After you, Eo. While you guys were in the common room, snuck off and went upstairs to her room and closed her door, and she hasn't been out yet. So she's not quite sure. Probably meditating where she went. Or something. Who knows? Yeah, maybe reading up in her room or something. Um. As you step out, uh, you hear a loud trumpet come from the Farron Market, and a small voice, louding as uh, yelling as loud as he can, saying, "Show's starting soon! Show's starting soon!" And you hear the trumpet Ooh. again. Can I can I hear this and wherever I am? You can. It's very loud to you. Oh yes. But you can't move much, and it's completely pitch black where you are. He's but inside you can the hear. trumpet. He's not inside the trumpet, but you're on the right track. He's in the puppet thing. I look back at my companions, and then I run towards the commotion, because I want to see the show. All right. Anyone else going to the where the trumpet's going off, or are you going to two spot? I look at Rhodey after after Barlow runs off. Like, do we follow him? Hey, I, uh, I guess we follow the big man. Trails after the dwarf. I trail after Barlow. Uh, Rhodey. All right, as you come into the Faerun Market, um, you see the gnome dressed as a purple jester swing his trumpet down to his side and step off behind the stage as a crowd kind of gathers around in front of this puppet stage. Um, then the curtains separate and a small puppet of a hag pops up and goes, Wah! and there are some chuckles come from the crowd. And it waves its little hands, and then the hag clears its throat, <clears> throat> and it goes, 
time it is a tapestry. Threads that weave it, number three. And it's moving its arms as it's kind of reciting this poem, saying, These be known first to last, future, present, and the past, present, future. Those threads be fleeting inconsistently. Yet the colors they do add serve to make the heart be glad. Past how warped it may be sets the path of history. Every moment under the sun, every battle lost and won, finds its place to be of time's enduring memory. Fate, the weaver of the strands, hold these threads within her hands, braids a rope that in its use can be a lifeline, net or noose. The puppet then bows, shakes its arm again, and disappears beneath the stage. The curtains close behind it, the crowd claps, cheers a little bit, and starts to disperse. Thank you.